Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental. Keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Hello and welcome to Muskoka Unlimited on 88.7 The Bay. I'm Jenny Cressman, your host with the most. The most interesting individuals to chat with, that is. That's what Muskoka Unlimited is really all about. Having conversations with interesting people who are doing interesting things. The folks featured on this show all have some sort of connection to Muskoka, but beyond that, the topics are unlimited. Now, without further ado, let me introduce to you today's special guest. In the studio with me today is Miranda Britton. Now, a lot of folks will know that name and hopefully what her work is like. She's a jeweler extraordinaire. She's been involved with the Muskoka Arts and Crafts Group for many years, MAC. And uh, she's had shows and galleries and all sorts of things going on all over the place in Bracebridge and Muskoka. So let's hear a little bit about you today, Miranda. How did you get started in this whole business of jewelry making? Good morning. Um, Jewelry has always been an interest of mine. I loved going to jewelry stores with my mom and loved rings. And at the uh, Muskoka Arts and Crafts Summer Show, I used to go around with my parents and try on all kinds of jewelry. I just always loved it. Um, In school, art was a big focus for me. And when it came time to sort of choose my path for university, I went with visual art. Mm -hmm. And... um, Still love jewelry on the side. Didn't really ever consider making it. So you had gone out west to study visual art, is that correct? Yes, I went to Simon Fraser University, which is um, quite a conceptual school. It's mm-hmm. it's all a lot of thinking about art, oh. <laughs> um, so making it as well, um, but very interdisciplinary between um, the various art mediums too. A lot of I did a lot of work in theater as well, oh. um, set design and prop design. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the jewelry part came later. It was actually following my um, graduation from Simon Fraser. I came back to Muskoka, didn't know what I was going to do, maybe a master's, um, and ended up going back to work for my parents in their newspaper business. Oh, yes. And then uh, my mom was diagnosed with leukemia. So Uh then I ended up taking over her part of the business, which was Uh the financials which was not my background <laughs> with, with yeah. my fine art degree. Yeah. Art and numbers that don't always well, go I'd together. Well, I always loved math, actually. I'd like, I have that, that side of my brain too. Um, so I spent the next three years sort of trial by fire running the financials and then um, they eventually sold to Metroland and I was mm-hmm. um, very involved in that whole process, did the like corporate due diligence with all the accountants. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm actually really grateful for that experience because being a small business owner now, I, yeah. I'm not afraid of that side of the, the business. Um, but anyway, so once they sold their business, I stayed around for a little bit, but realized that I needed to get back to art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just looked at the course calendar for the Halliburton School for the Arts. Okay. And so my mom passed away in September of 2005. Um. And I, I just was like what are they offering in January and jewelry was Mm -hmm. being offered so I hadn't really ever considered I've been interested in welding like larger scale metal work but um, 
it was sort of timing and yes. circumstance and I just wanted to jump into something so I, I went and I okay. loved it. And you'd already been building a family at that point? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. I not at that point. Um, so that was in 2005 and our eldest was born in 2009. So oh, okay. yeah, so I went and did the program there which is kind of quick and dirty. It's a one semester learn skills, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of design and business background but I kind of felt like I had that under my belt already so it was really like learn the basics sawing soldering all of all of that kind of thing oh, jewelry wow. making yeah um and I really just dove into it I think grieving I was yeah. I needed something to put my my head into and yeah. so I was in the studio like all hours I actually lived in Halliburton um mm. with a lovely woman and her daughter who are good friends now um mm. during the week and would just go home on weekends um okay. and yeah when I finished I was like I want to make jewelry <laughs> okay and I mean it wasn't there was still a lot for me to learn and mm-hmm. I actually did bookkeeping on the side for a few clients okay for a while just till I kind of got myself going and so with the jewelry, um, did you have a type of material that you were particularly interested in working with? Um, in that program, it was mostly silver. Um, mm-hmm. We did some work with copper and brass just as sort of, it's a less expensive medium. So when we sure. were trying out techniques, sure. we would work with copper on occasion. Um, once I finished, I, 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 I do make work in gold as well because it's very mm-hmm. similar to working with silver. Sure. Um, but it's very expensive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so silver was silver was the main material yeah. that we worked with. Yeah. You don't want to make a mistake. And well, I guess you can melt it down. You can. Yeah. You can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's not. That I and also I, I sometimes I feel like I have a like ethical concern with working with materials that are so expensive. Like mm. I I don't love working with diamonds either. Like just you know the whole mining thing and also this yes. tiny little thing that's been valued at yeah. such a oops that fell in the crack in the floor. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, it's like a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but you you do choose very interesting materials. I was looking at your website mirandabritton.com and that's. M-I-R-A-N-D-A-B-R-I-T-T-O-N.com. There's a very interesting little video of you using horse hair. Yes. (laughs) Tell us about that. So I grew up riding horses and Mm -hmm. I've always had horses until actually right now. I just, um, we, we had only one little horse left and I sent him down the road to another farm so he could have buddies. So I'm horseless for the like first time in my whole life. Oh no. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I've, I'm interested and I continue to be interested in using natural materials in my mm-hmm. work. Um, a lot of my work has organic motifs and kind of celebrates the natural world. So yes, I'm yes. always looking for ways to incorporate other natural materials into my work. And well, I like that about your yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, and I and I would love to do more of that. But um, the horse hair, I mean, yes. really, like, okay. Yes. So well, there's a, a history of, yeah. of horse hair in in like in Victorian times oh, um, right, right, yeah. for, for, for stuffing things and there's horse hair art too um, yeah like wall pieces so mm-hmm. it, and it's a resilient material because that's right. always a concern with jewelry because it I mean some pieces people wear only when like as good jewelry but I, yeah. I tend to make more everyday pieces so I want to mm-hmm. be sure that it's gonna stand up to the test of time so horse right. hair seemed like a, a good good fit for that and I just the tactile feeling of it too I don't know I I I tried it I made myself a tassel and I was like I love playing with this so yeah 
Yeah, and I, do you still have that horse down the road? Is that the one that went down the road? He went down the road, yeah. So I still have a little stockpile of horse uh, horse hair. Um, I was using horse hair from my my uh, big horse who I lost in 2020. Mm. Um, pineapple, the miniature who went down the road. His hair is a, is a little bit wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it wasn't as conducive to the yeah. to the jewelry making, but um, and I and I have friends who have horses, so okay. I, I may continue so to do supply. that. And yes, and I do a lot of custom pieces for people too. Okay, yeah, because it could be a good way to you know memorialize mm-hmm. a horse or yes. special animal. I suppose you could use dog hair. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, and I've actually, I've, I've had people ask me too about um, hair from loved ones who've passed too, and I'm right. totally on board for that. I mean, some people okay. might think that's morbid, and but I, I love that whole idea of memento mori and, yeah, and having that, yeah. that, that piece to remind you that we're all... So what other sort of natural fibers or, or products have you used? I have used wood mm-hmm. um, and I've used beach stones as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. wood is something I would like to explore more. I really, um, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but at some point I want to collect and, and um, sort of preserve natural materials from my property. Like whether oh. it's fibers, I'd like to take some weaving, like basket weaving classes oh. just to see. Uh-huh where that leads me um yeah and wood definitely I would like to harvest some wood and dry it and Mm -hmm. yeah so I've been talking with some friends who are woodworkers just to figure out how to make it just the longevity piece yeah and durability pieces yeah yeah that that would be a challenge to make sure that it it it's not cracking yeah yeah, exactly and lasts as long as the metal part of the the piece yeah yeah so that's that's something that it's always kind of in the back burner for me I haven't haven't made, I haven't dabbled in it in a while, but it's it's kind of been keeps coming up for me. So okay, yeah. Well, and you've you've done some really interesting things in your career as a jeweler. One of which I noticed also on your website, and people can have a look there and see the images of your twentieth anniversary for the YWCA. Those mm-hmm. pieces were quite remarkable. How did that come about? So um, I was on the board for the Y, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about various sort of fun development ideas and and also when when you're on a like working with an organization like that that needs to to um, a not for profit that's raising funds you you want to be able to tell the story of the organization so people understand the benefit of it to the community and for me I've always found that objects are really great storytellers and even if it's not immediately evident in looking at the piece so there's always kind of a story behind why someone has that thing or why it looks the way it does so uh-huh. um just in in listening to people telling stories so sort of those um anecdotal stories of why the why was important to them mm-hmm. um i was i i just thought it would be great if we could embody these in necklaces so i chose 20 stories from 20 women and um and they became 20 necklaces that represented the organization. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they are very intriguing how different each one is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth a look. And we're going to have a look more closely at some other aspects of Miranda Britton's work, verbally that is, in our second half. But right now we need to take a little break and let those sponsors do their thing. This is Jenny Cressman on Muskoka Unlimited, 88.7 FM, The Bay. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental and you're listening to 
Muskoka Magazine. Hello and welcome back to Muskoka Unlimited on 88.7 FM The Bay. I'm Jenny Cressman and here with me today is Miranda Britton. We've been talking about her jewelry work. She is a wonderful artist of fine things that can be worn on your body, which is a very cool way to look at it. Very close and up personal art. So we were talking about um, the YMCA anniversary and she had done a set of 20 pieces exploring human experiences and people um, who had particular connections with the Y and the work is a reflection on um, their experience, I guess. But you also enjoy doing things that um, have meaning for people in other ways and honor the natural world. I think that's really a nice blending of themes for your art. Mm -hmm. Are there some pieces in particular that you might want to talk about that have meaning for you? Um, <clears throat> I think just in sort of looking at the breadth of my collections, there's... Um, one piece or one collection that my spruce collection has been sort of emblematic. It's one that I've made for a long time. Um, and for me, th those pieces sort of come about because um, I spend a lot of time in the forest mm -hmm. and we have a field at our house and forest behind and a sort of marshy lake behind. So I have sort of all these different environments and I there's the the things that I choose to connect with are, are sort of those emblematic like there's this one spruce tree that's always on it's on the horizon and it's like I, I just see it I have another um, piece my crescent moon collection that's I've been it's when I'm driving home through the Raymond Valley I've seen it many times where there's the crescent and you can see the dark moon behind and and so they just kind of got etched in my in my brain and uh -huh. I think that would make a lovely piece and and it's it's so great to see when people connect with that that they're like oh the moon was just like yeah. this last night and yeah. and so for me then I that's a successful piece mm -hmm. that that's sort of I just want want to remind people of their connection and sort of joy around being in the natural world. Well, I think you put it very well on your website when you wrote, my work is a visual exploration of the many ways we converge with the natural world. Distillations of organic forms fabricated from metals and worn on the body help remind the wearer of their place within the natural world. That's lovely. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And in looking more at your website, too, I, I discovered something that I was a little bit surprised at. You you do a lot of research before you start mm -hmm. working on a piece. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit more about that aspect of the process? Yep, for sure. As I was saying, I spend a lot of time outside. We, um, especially during COVID, we sort of expanded the trail network around our house and I'm endlessly fascinated. I, I don't necessarily have a science brain. It's like sometimes I, which ironically, both of my older brothers are in the science field. Hmm. Um, and my eldest brother knows every species of everything. So I just send him pictures and say, what is this? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't necessarily remember all the species names and, and all of that, but I just like, I, I find it magical. Like when mm -hmm. I, and I see sort of a structure of a plant that, um, I, I just find fascinating that I'm curious, like, why are the leaves like that? Mm. And, and sort of go down a rabbit hole of reading about it. Um, and, and that informs my sort of the design that I that I take sort of I'll, I'll whatever interests me about that particular plant, like that the leaves go off in this direction and this is why or um, yeah, I'll sort of focus on that. And, and often it kind of those things that interest me sort of become a metaphor, too, for 
human experience. So I, I've sure. I found over COVID, I was able to expand my website and um, put more detail in my product descriptions, um, for lack of a better term, <laughs> uh, yeah. that sort of explain that, like mm-hmm. why I story, chose, yeah, why I chose to piece, make yeah. this piece. Um, which is harder to do, you know, at a craft show. Not everyone wants to sit and hear my spiel about <laughs> why right. I think ferns are cool. Yeah, <laughs> or, or read a couple of paragraphs yes. on a card. Yeah, yeah, but I've 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 heard from a lot of people um, that they really enjoy that about my website. That there yes. is that story, and often it will, if they're looking for gifts for someone, it will resonate with sort of a uh-huh. life stage that people are at, and uh-huh. that this is an appropriate piece for for someone. Yeah, yeah, I like that aspect, the the connection to story and, mm-hmm. and storytelling. I mean, as an author, stories are, are my thing. Yeah, so, I love stories. <laughs> <laughs> and, and having jewelry that, that commemorates a moment or, you know, is in some way connected to something that is a strong memory for you. And that it, my listeners can't see, but I'm wearing special earrings to me. They're not any kind of fancy uh, creation, um, but they commemorate a time I was stranded in a Cuban airport for 12 hours. <laughs> so that's my story, and that's why I love them. Yeah, no, and that's. I think that's so lovely to have a, a piece that... Um, and I love jewelry because it is sort of tactile. Like you just reached up and grabbed your earring when you were, when you were telling that story. And I love that there's a feel to it that's just sort of um, a grounding aspect to it, mm-hmm. and that it can remind someone of someone who gave it to them or where they were when they got it, or you know what point in their life they ch- they chose to buy themselves a gift and why. And yeah, yeah. Did you ever have anyone come to you and say, "This is my story," and you go, "Oh my goodness, how can I illustrate that?" Has is that a challenge? Um, yes, but I feel like often people have an image sort of in mind, and uh, I've worked with people. I okay. had a last year a really lovely commission for um, a, a client of mine brought me a drawing, a doodle that a friend of hers who had passed away. It was a doodle she always did in the when they're at meetings. It was of a flower, and so oh. she had saved a page that had multiple doodles on it and said. Oh can you choose one of these and make it into a pendant? And um, I made, I can't remember, eight of them, I think, for this woman's Aww. family and and close friends. Mm-hmm. And the number of people who told me that they were a recipient of it and just how important it was to them was was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a lovely story. Mm-hmm. And how, what's the story behind the piece that I saw on your website about vertebrae? Um, that, that was... Uh, Something I found in the forest, <laughs> which I still don't know. It's vertebrae from something. It might be a squirrel. I'm not hmm. sure. I collect things. So, okay. um, and it was looking at the structure and I had been playing with chain too when I was making another piece and was like, just, it was just sort of an evolution of how can hmm. I try to depict this with my material that I have. And, um, so it's, it's a lovely piece and people don't always see the vertebrae right away. They're like, yeah. oh, are these music notes or is this, and yeah. then I explain then they're like, oh, I, it does look like a spine. So it, it's yeah. still a lovely piece of jewelry. It's maybe yeah. not as subtle. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So you've done most of your work in a stable. Is that right? Where you live? And when? Yeah. You so we built a barn mm-hmm. um, that originally had four stalls and then we only had two horses. So and Scott, my husband, Scott Termos, photographer, um, we were both needing a space to work. So we're looking at options. We, mm-hmm. we both had sort of crammed ourselves in. I was in the laundry room. He hmm. was in a, in a sun porch. Hmm. Um, and we thought we have this big building. We don't need all of it for the horses. So we um, kind of enclosed one half and worked from there for 
many years up until just this past year. Okay. Yeah. So I, in just before COVID, opened a gallery, an art gallery in downtown Bracebridge with ah, my dad. Yeah. Back to working with your dad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's been an art collect- collector forever. So um, he has a quite a large historical art collection. Um, and we had talked about opening a gallery. Mm-hmm. As kind of as a joke because he kept buying paintings. So sort of a between my siblings, we were like, we're gonna have to open a gallery for Dad's <laughs> art collection. Um, and it, there, anyway, this building in Bracebridge came up for sale, and I had also been looking at various storefront mm-hmm. options, maybe renting. wasn't sure w- whether to go with Port Carling or Bracebridge. Uh-huh. Anyway, this lovely little brick building came up, and we went for it and opened. Britain Gallery. Um, okay. and, and, and there's a website for that too, right? BritainGallery.ca, B R I T T O N, gallery, you know how it's spelled, .ca. <laughs> yeah, so we opened that in December 2019, right before COVID. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, a challenge because, I mean, a new art gallery at any time is a challenging business. And so there was a lot of unknowns, but yeah. we're still here. And it's actually, I found. During COVID, people were more interested in buying art. The people were oh, at home, interesting. Um, especially the beginning of COVID. So, it's, are things on display only, or also for sale? Of for these? sale. Okay, yep. so it's a gallery selling original pieces yes. as yep. well as prints. Uh, we don't have any prints, so Just it's a, it's a combination of some historical pieces. So we mm-hmm. do have some group of seven, yes. like original paintings, uh-huh. um, and some other historical Canadian artists. Okay. Uh, as well as contemporary artists who are local, um, some uh-huh. Toronto-based, some East Coast-based artists, and then some great craft artists. Um, most of the craft artists are from the local area, so pottery, yeah, textiles, yeah. metalwork, yeah, well, as well I, as my work. Yeah. I, I look through it and I recognize quite a lot of people. You yeah. have a very nice collection there, yeah. but nothing by your husband. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> that may change because as I was alluding to, um, we I moved my own studio to... Uh, the upstairs of the gallery just this past fall and mm-hmm. Scott will be joining me there too so okay. um, there may be some photography on the walls okay yeah. we, well we'll watch for that and also for your jewelry classes you're going to be starting classes are yes, you? yes so I, they're available now I do it okay. um, private semi-private so people if they're interested can contact me via my website and um, we can set up a private class Awesome. Well, all of that information can be found on your websites, I assume. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is MirandaBritton.com. And when I post the links to this show on Facebook, then we can air to the podcast of this show, I should say, after it airs, then we can also include links directly to the website. And thank you very much for being with me, Miranda Britton. It's been so interesting learning about your jewelry making process. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Muskoka Unlimited, which airs every other Sunday on 88.7 The Bay. If you missed the show, don't worry. You can find podcasts of all my Muskoka Unlimited shows on the Bay's website, huntersbayradio.com. I also post links and reminders of upcoming shows on Facebook. Look for author Jenny Cressman and follow me around. This is Jenny Cressman saying adios for now. I'll be back again in two weeks. Thanks for listening.